Disclaimer. The following podcast contains material and language of a strong sexual nature that may not be suitable for minors. While not in every episode, this podcast may contain triggering subject matter that may be brought up without warning. Any information or advice given is for entertainment purposes only. We are not doctors. Please consult your physician with any medical questions or before making any decisions regarding your health. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey, Sarah. What's up, Seth? They came back. What? I know. I mean, that first time may have been weird and awkward, like all first times, but we didn't suck, and they came back. (laughs) You know what, though? Um, I'll be frank. There have been a couple times that the first time has sucked, and I've still gone back. So I think we really need to make sure to prove ourselves this time. Oh, I think we do. But I think we got a great topic this time, don't you? You know what? I'm actually, I'm super excited about this topic because this is something that really, uh, this really gets me going. This is a big conversation piece for me. Uh, if you want to put me on a soapbox, this is, this is the way to do it. And I, I totally understand that because there's so many of these, and we're talking about today, is sexual misconceptions. Things that you always thought were true and may or may not have been. <laughs> Uh, misconceptions and and straight out lies, urban legends. Oh yes, so many of them here on the schoolyard. Uh, things your friends told you. Yeah. <laughs> so so many of them. Oh my gosh, so many, so many. So I figure uh, a good place to start, anyway, would be talking about something that is kind of near and dear to our hearts, and that is more of the kinky lifestyle. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I think that that is a perfect place to start because it's kind of a faux pas topic. Yes. It's, it's a, a bit still people. taboo. Even though yeah. many people enjoy it, it's still a bit taboo. But before we get into this, I really like to say these are all listener-submitted questions via our Twitters, our Instagrams, our Facebook. And thank you all so much for helping make form the show this week. Round of applause yeah, for you guys. Thank you Thanks so, so much. much. Yay! And I just love how open our listeners were to letting us use these and tell us these things. Some of these things are very personal. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, huge kudos uh, to everyone who answered our questions and, and did it with just complete and, and total openness, just total candor. And mm-hmm. it, I, I, it's just great. I love it. It just made me so happy. So the, <laughs> the first thing. That's what this thing, show is about. That's what this exactly. Is about. So the first okay. thing on the kinky train was from yeah. our listeners was that mm-hmm. this person thought that being kinky was necessary for people to like you and be into you. And that one surprised me a bit because I, I never thought that kinky was necessary. I like it now, but I, I never saw that. I'm sure some people do. And what are your thoughts? You know, so I actually, I thought that that one was really interesting. You actually brought that one to the table because um, mm-hmm. we, of separately, you know, did our own thing and, and kind of, you know, found our own people to talk to and, and to get answers from. So you brought that one to the table. And when you did, I looked at that and I went, you know what? I never really thought about that as a misconception, but you're right. I mean, it, it's right. When I was really discovering myself and discovering my sexuality, that was a, a big thing. I really thought I had to be you know, a sex kitten, essentially, you know, I had to be, you know, fucking porn star quality to be, you know, to be liked, to be, you know, wanted in the bedroom. And that was, you know, and that's not true. (laughs) And it's, it's so much not for everyone. Some people like that. Some people could be totally happy with missionary for their entire lives. And that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You you Uh, have to do what's good for you and what you like. So, I mean, where where do you sit on the on the kink train? I mean, like, do you at, at this point now, do you feel that you need more kink than you need normal, or is it just depends on the situation? Honestly, it just depends on the situation and the way that I'm feeling because there are some times where I'm just, as we discussed in episode one, we work in healthcare, so there are times where I am exhausted and can't be bothered. <laughs> To, of course, to of course, get in, of course. as involved as you are, you know, as yeah. you need to be when it comes to the kink. And I just want to fuck off and just lay back and get one. But, yeah, you know, other times, you can, yeah, no, 100%. Can. 
Well, yeah, if I can. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on now to your kinky question. Your listener submitted misconception. Um, well, uh, so one of the, the folks that I asked, actually, it was kind of a, a two-parter. Mm-hmm. The first part of it was that they were raised to believe that an interest in BDSM was abnormal, that, you know, having any kind of an interest in, and it made you a freak, you know, it kind of puts you off to the wayside. And I actually, I think that's something that is pretty prevalent. I I would think so because yeah, you still have people out there that are like protesting the local sex shops or leather store or other places. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know some people in very high-level positions who are very much into the BDSM. Oh, yeah. And yeah, absolutely. As long as it's among something adults, who really cares? Well, but and at I, the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. And I do, I do agree with you, though, that the general perception of BDSM is super bad. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It is. It's really, really sad. And it's... Um, Ah, gosh, it's it, it's really one of those. It's one of those issues that the lack of education about it, the less we're talking about it, and the less mainstream it is, the more misunderstood it is. And you know what you don't know scares you, and and, and, and that's exactly what's happening here. There's some people who mistake BDSM for abuse. Oh, absolutely. Like get away around. Like, there's there's times that are abusive situations that people try and write it off as BDSM. Like, I honestly think, and I'm I, I'm might be alone here. The the two characters in Fifty Shades started out as an gonna... abusive relationship. <laughs> it was not BDSM. That was abuse. Okay. But... Okay. So, <laughs> so there there are papers. There have been papers written about this about how absolutely awful Fifty Shades of Grey was. <laughs> As as an example of the BDSM community and, and how much of an uproar the BDSM community was in when it came out because they're like, no, 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 please don't, don't like, this is not how this works at this all. This is not like, us. This is not us. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. We're not like, we're not with them. We're not with them. I, uh, I saw no. that movie and I was, I, I was internally screaming all the time. I'm watching like, no, 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 no. I mean, it was hot. Like I'd watch it again. Eh, there, I have better websites for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have anything uh, to add to the to the kink train before we move on to our next listener submitted topic? Um. Well, I think just the other half of of that one was mm-hmm. how deeply ingrained that is about BDSM being abnormal. The 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 person who answered that question for me said that. It even as late as college, um, they had a roommate who was experimenting with BDSM with his girlfriend, and even though this person had an interest in it themselves, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it from a societal standpoint, they were so concerned about how other people would perceive them and perceive their interest in BDSM, they had to pretend that, like, oh my gosh, like, no, that's so weird, like, what are you doing? You know, but then on the other side of it, be like, yeah, but I'm like so interested secretly. I, I, I really want to try it, but no, I really can't yeah. say I want to. It's so sad. Like, and my heart goes out because that's yeah. that's an awful way to be. That is an awful way to be. It's essentially uh, like, I don't know. It's like being in it's the BDSM it's closet. A, almost like self-slut shaming. Like, I feel bad that I have these particular feelings and kinks almost. Kind of, that's, I un- guess. that's unfortunate. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. But yeah, I think your analogy is better about being in the BDSM closet, like some kind of self-loathing for feeling a certain way that you really can't control. You know, I, it's it is really unfortunate. Well, and and really, the the self-loathing is isn't because you hate it about yourself. It's because of the way you How, believe yeah. society is going to perceive you. My mother would not approve of this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or what will my partner think? Or yeah. yeah. So our, our next topic, yeah, yeah, our next topic is near and dear to my heart because I, I I've said before, I'm a fairly kinky guy. I do <sighs> not engage in, I, I do not engage in this. We're you don't talking do about, butt stuff. I do not do butt stuff. We're talking about anal. <laughs> and you know what? More power to those that do it. I'm really happy that you enjoy it. I'm just a bit of a clean freak and a germaphobe and poo comes from there. <laughs> 
So I'm going to take a pass. So I'm going to, before I even bring up, I'm this, you're going to, y'all are going to get a little bit of Sarah here, a little bit (laughs) of me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to open up. Um, I was 100% under the impression (laughs) for a little bit, for a little while when I finally, uh, let someone get me into the butt stuff that I was just like, I don't understand how people are doing this and you never see poop. Like what is wrong with me? What is wrong with my body that there's like, that this is happening and then I realized, well, no, because in the porn industry, which was the only example I had, they douche like four times, three times. I mean, they douche numerous times, anal douching, um, or I'm sorry, not anal douching. What am I thinking of? Sad colonics? That's colonics? The, no, not colonics. Is that Or are you talking about, yeah, you're talking about enemas? Enemas. Like a cleansing enema? <laughs> yes, enema. Oh, my gosh. Uh, All right. But it's, Somebody yeah, this, take my license away. This is terrible. But uh, <laughs> so the listener submitted question that I had on this topic was I think yeah. one that is a fairly prevalent was mm-hmm. that anal anal was painful by default. And until they met someone that knew what they were doing, which is almost all things sexually, that sh- that they were not into it until they found this person and like, oh, this is not bad. I like this. This is not bad. Oh, I think 100 percent. You have to know how to do it. Yeah, I, th- not, I think that, you don't just jump in. I think most women and men that engage in it probably would say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm scared it's going to hurt." But oh, I think it, it would be the big holdback for absolutely. people. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And it's you know there are definitely times where it doesn't feel great. You know, you have to be it. You have to have the proper lubrication. You have yeah. to be worked up. You know, it's got to. So I have to ask, as know. a man, as mm-hmm. a man, yeah. I, I know why men that sleep with men do it, because there is erogenous zones back there. And I know that there are a very small percentage of women that do enjoy it. But I'm asking on a personal level, it's like, do you enjoy it? Has it ever, or is it something you do for your partner? Um, it's kind of half and half. Uh, physically, yes, I do enjoy it. But it's it's not so enjoyable that I would, like, do it by myself. Like, I would It's not top of your list. Right. Like, I wouldn't masturbate anally. Anally. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. But I I would absolutely do it for a partner. I absolutely love the one that you managed to get. The listeners made a question on this topic. Do you want to go ahead and read that for us? Mm -hmm. Because this is is one I'm sure is prevalent. Oh, my gosh. And I have heard this so many times. And it it makes me sad. It really, really, Mm -hmm. it just, it makes me sad. Um, and I'm just going to read this verbatim because this is, I, I copied this straight away. Um, I had to think about, and this is in quotes. I had to think about this one that was an interest. Uh, one was that an interest in anal sex might mean that I was gay. Now let's, let's just unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Just so first off. I mean, that would insinuate, A, that homosexuality is a choice, which we know mm-hmm. it's not. No, of course um, not. Right. So, so that, I mean, so basically that would insinuate that, like, if you choose not to have anal sex, that means that, well, you're not gay. But if you were a straight man who chose to have anal sex, now suddenly you're gay. It, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I know, I know plenty of <laughs> hetero couples that engage in pegging, and they both are big fans. So. Well, well, yeah, and that's not even like going the other way around. Like I'm just talking mm-hmm. about like a man. Oh, like, I know. Yeah, and and I, I yeah. One of the things I heard in college a lot and mm-hmm. in the medical field was, hey, it's only gay if you're catching. It's like, oh, come on, guys, that's the best we've got, really. Right. Well, and that's where I was going because I've heard mm-hmm. this. Like that was coming from a man, like giving anal sex to a woman, mm-hmm. like that. It's it's that level of even if I'm putting it in her butt, like that makes me gay. <laughs> That's I mean that just makes no sense. What that that hurts my brain. <laughs> it it well, really does. It, it's sad. I mean, it's sad that that that's out there. That 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 those kind of feelings, that those kind of thoughts were out there, and fortunately they were very short lived for this person who now enjoys a very full sex life, and um, you know, has. I assume lots of butt sex. I don't know if, if that's something that they want to be doing. Yeah. Um, 
and if they have the opportunity. And if you're listening, which I hope that you are, uh, kudos to you and all the butt sex if you want it. Enjoy. <laughs> so we've talked about some misconceptions about sex with partners and a thing of that. So might as well jump on probably some of our first sexual experiences, masturbation and the con- misconceptions along with own. that. Yes. Which is by itself going to be a whole, yeah, this is going to be a whole episode onto itself later, but this Mm -hmm. is just the misconceptions about masturbation right now. Yes. Yeah. So this one I had actually never heard before that constant masturbation can make a man's penis larger. That is something I did not hear until a listener submitted it. I'm like, what? I hadn't heard that either, but I had heard and, and I, I actually, I did a little bit of uh, looking up just kind of seeing you know, Googling, just seeing what else was out there, comparing it to some of the things that we had gotten from our listeners. And it's actually not, um, I saw it in a couple of places. Uh, constant masturbation can make a man's penis lar- uh, longer, not so much mm-hmm. larger, but longer. Hmm. Um, and I think the idea is that being constantly engorged, so constantly hard, um, it just kind of, I don't know, stretches and gets like, Let me tell you how painful it would be to be constantly aroused. That's not a pleasant experience. Um, No. Have you ever had to drain the blood out of one? Uh, Not yet, thankfully. (laughs) It's amazing. All right. So let's go (laughs) up to your first listener submitted topic on this because that's enough about that one. Yikes. Um, so actually my favorite was actually from a a close friend of mine, a personal friend of mine, um, which I thought was fantastic because I kind of, I got the same thing, but from a female point of view and it Mm -hmm. never occurred to me that men would have the same issue, I suppose, but they had no clue about ejaculation until the first time it happened. So... They knew up until that point that, you know, my PP gets hard. I touch it. It mm-hmm. feels good. Uh, got his first porn mag from a buddy. Started touching his PP, And all of a sudden, boof, there's semen. And he, yeah. This, yeah, freaked this out. one. Had, had no clue. No clue this, what that was yeah, about. This one I actually knew about because I had almost the same situation. I had no idea what ejaculation was. Oh, now, my gosh. The things I'm learning. So I'm going to tell you, so this is going to kill one of, almost my favorite part of the masturbation episode, but I'm going to tell you my first masturbatory experience. And, no, no, no spoilers. Well, it has to be said here because it's just too good and it fits so well into oh. this. Okay, fine. So fine, I, fine. I did not actually traditionally jerk off when I first master, started masturbating. That was in an, almost a year of masturbation without doing that act because someone told me about okay. it. What I was doing was we had, in my childhood home, we had a large bathtub with jets. You know, like jacuzzi jets. <laughs> okay. And I, I, would let, I, would, I would lay in that bathtub, and I would just, like, let the jet water run over my... my I wouldn't, like, insert myself because I was big enough that, that I couldn't do that. But uh, <laughs> I, would let, I, would, I would let the water run over my penis, and it felt really good. And then, sure. like, all of a sudden, I just had the most epiphany moment of my life like oh my god i i started like almost having a seizure and that was the first time i ever climaxed oh my god and then i get i get out of the water and there is just this like stuff (laughs) in the water and i'm like what is that that's that's amazing eh. but i did that for over a year until i knew what actual masturbation was you know there's there's times I'd like to go back and visit that tub again because it's some great memories, but oh well, that, that house is gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you want me to read the next one or do you want to go ahead and do that one? <laughs> no, I'm still just trying to envision how you had to contort yourself to get your penis into a water jet in a I just yeah, I, I just laid there. Up. Just like laid on there. Your side? Like I'm trying to figure out like how I laid because the jets were everywhere. So I just laid on my okay. back and let it run over and that's all it that's all it took. Nice. I wish it was that easy. Well, I'm told some of you guys use the the water spigot. You know, put your put yourself up there and use that. So that could be true. I don't know. Oh no, it's 100 percent true. But you know what? See, that's like too hard because if you're doing mm. it in a bathtub, that requires two things. That first off requires you to get your ass in the air, 
So then your legs get cold because then your legs oh. are like up out of the tub. Um, two, then your like head is in the bathtub, which means that you have to have no water in the tub, which means the rest of you gets cold. Oh, see. This, so it's yeah. way easier just to make sure that you have an extra long hose on your detachable shower head. There you go. So you guys just have it so much harder <laughs> than we do. You know, I detachable shower heads way to fucking go you can buy like the six foot cords you don't have to stick with the four three foot that they come with i, I have an eight i have an eight and a half foot one just saying yeah that's what she said giggity <laughs> all right so the final listeners made a question on this one mm-hmm. like so many things going back to their church days yeah so i knew that you were going to jump right on this one yeah so yeah. much so many problems with religion that I have and the, I guess, pox that puts on sex and feeling good. So, so they, they state, I can remember masturbating and after lying in bed, pleading with God to forgive me. The next time I would do it all over again. I remember scrambling and looking through the Bible for the word masturbation and trying to find out if it was really a sin or not. I'd look on the internet as well, but I could never find a, a definite answer. I struggled with this till I was about 27 or 28 years old. That sucks. And I, you know what? I know that a lot of people have this problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I can... know grown adults. I mean, 27, 28 years old. I mean, absolutely. That, that's a grown adult. I mean, adults that are married in healthy relationships with healthy sex lives who still feel guilt about masturbating. I just, I just don't like, get it. I, like somehow it's it's cheating on their partner or it's, you know. It's, because there's people that will tell you that. There's some yeah, hardcore no, evangelicals who will tell you that if you so much as lust after someone, you're cheating on your spouse. Like, yeah. Can you tell that, can, can you guys tell that uh, Sarah and I are not real religious? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Speak for yourself. Uh-huh. I just like sex and think that it needs to, religion needs to stay out of the bedroom. <laughs> God needs uh, to stay out of my pants. Like, here's the thing. Jesus said, love everybody. Like, love, just fucking love. Like, literally, literally love, love everybody. Just everybody gets some. <laughs> All right. Let's, blasphemer, skip into virginity since we're talking <laughs> about Jesus. Superstar. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, one of my, I, I love the topic of virginity because it is still so fucking misunderstood and so, uh, so gone over and, and it's just, it's infuriating how, how, um, many, not just misconceptions, but outright lies and falsehoods are still spread like gospel. And if you try to educate people and if you try to tell people you know, this is not how the human body works. This is not how we're made. Like, I, I realize that this is what you were told and how you were taught, but you were taught wrong. That's not, like, physically, like, cut open a cadaver, look at it. That's mm-hmm. not how we're built. And they still want to argue with you because that's how they were taught. That's how they were told. That's how their parents were told. And it's, ugh. Mm. So, guys. Girls, everyone in between, you can be a virgin and not have an intact hymen. We touched on this briefly on our first episode, so yes. I'm going to say it again for the ones in the back. (laughs) Absolutely. You cannot have a cherry and still be a virgin. It is possible. Can I tell you how much I hate that term cherry? It's so crude. It is crude. It is. But yeah, I mean, like you I'm said, you, it, was, it was kickball that you were playing when you busted your hymen? Kickball, yep. Kickball. And I've known people that like in uh, working out in the gym on that little that machine where you like spread your knees apart, you know, that, that one that I'm talking about. Mm. Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. That did it Any for me. Like, like you said, it's not made of steel. It, right, it could right. easily break. Well, and it's not just that, but we're talking about, you know, I mean, not only being active, but then we're talking about tampons, 
Yes. You know, and, and then you also have to start talking about what constitutes virginity. Are we talking about penis and vagina? Are we talking about masturbation? So let's because talk about that. I... The, the conception always was, growing up, that PIV was virginity. I knew women that gauged only in oral and anal because they didn't want to not be a virgin, in quotes. But in my Correct. opinion, if, yeah. if, if, if you're engaging in sexual activity regularly with one or more people, even if it's not PIV, it's still sex. You know, and I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think it doesn't have to be because here and here's my reasoning behind that. And some people may disagree with me. And my reasoning behind it is you have couples, you have lesbian couples. Mm-hmm. You have homosexual couples. You have couples that are in transgender relationships. You have you have couples that in all types of relationships where there is no penis and vagina. It may be dildo and vagina. There may be no vagina at all. Mm-hmm. Does that mean they're not having sex? And those couples would tell you they're having sex, and they would be correct, in my opinion. Exactly. There are, pe- there are people that would disagree with me, and that's fine. Everyone has their own opinion, but it is what it is. But their opinion is wrong. <laughs> I, I, I won't say that. I'd say it's, it's their opinion. I think it's okay. wrong. All right, all right, all right. So one I loved on here, and I'm sure there's so many people that think this, and you touched on it a little bit earlier, was that a tampon could take your virginity. Like, I'm sorry, but if just, just putting something in the birthing canal does not mean you're no longer a virgin. <laughs> you know? Well, exactly. And then that, that goes back to masturbation. So mm-hmm. if you are, you know, if you're touching yourself, if you orgasm by stimulating your clitoris, are you a virgin? If you insert a dildo into your vagina and rupture your hymen, are you a virgin? I think if you're flying solo, I'd still call you a virgin, yeah. If someone's doing it with you. I would 100% call you a virgin if you're doing it solo. I believe virginity requires another person. Uh, Okay. I totally agree with you on that. That's 100%. Oh, look, I'm stealing your catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this one is... Uh, what really is people's hangups with virginity is that the first time is supposed to be super painful. And well, we talked as, as about a, mine, and yes. it wasn't. <laughs> we talked about mine, and she said it wasn't, but there was a lot of blood, so I don't know. So she could have just been trying to make me feel better. but Or she was hemorrhaging. I don't know. I'm yeah, still true. not sure about how much blood there was there. That's um, like, I would honestly say, I would say it was like a super heavy period amount of blood. Was, See, was, and that is... That is not a ruptured hymen. Like, a mm. ruptured hymen is a small amount of blood. Yeah. She, I mean, we're was... talking drops. So she oh, may have actually been on a period. <laughs> I don't think she would have been at the pool if she had been on a period. But I don't know. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, I know plenty of women that choose not to go swimming. <laughs> it's never stopped me. Oh, well, there you go. See? Misconception also, solved. Also, water pressure. Hmm? There water you go. pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't actually know if it's true. I 100... I think it was Dr. Ruth back in the 90s, maybe, talked about it, uh, it, that it was totally safe to go swimming on your period because water pressure would, like, stop the blood flow. Mm-hmm. I've seen the other side of that. Though. I've seen women that have gone swimming before, young women, and it just... There was a small yeah. amount of out of them yeah i mean now i wouldn't say it was excessive it was again a few drops but people are like oh my god (laughs) which is unfortunate because it's just a period it's come on it's blood yeah that's like i don't know that's like diva cups here's another Uh, here's another here's another soapbox if you're still using tampons if you're still using maxi pads just stop I, I said, I know plenty of my female friends that love the cups. Oh, my gosh. The cup is – there are versions of cups. It doesn't have to be the Diva Cup, and it doesn't have to be a cup. There are other – I don't yeah, know there's how exactly the, uh, they work. They're kind of like the disc. Yeah, the, the mental sort of disc. Top. Yeah. yeah um, but they're all amazing, and they're reusable, and they're sanitary, and they're better for your body, and it's just – and 
we need to get over as a society this idea that putting our hands inside of our bodies is bad or wrong or gross and touching our own mm-hmm. blood is wrong or gross. We need to get over it because – All right. So I'm going to let you handle this anyway. one because it's, it's more about church stuff. Yeah. So go <laughs> ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent now. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So more church stuff. So this uh, – right? Yeah. It's still about virginity. It's It's the idea that it's not sex unless you're married. That that was the only way you could really have sex – uh, was when you were married that that was that was the right and proper way to do it. Everything else was fornicating. Well, yeah, I mean everything else is Ill- illegitimate. And, and I, th- I think that fewer people think that now than did in our parents and grandparents' time. But it's still totally out that. there. It's still totally out there. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. All right, so we're we're, we're going to put a bow on that because virginity is such a Touchy subject. (laughs) Moving on to our next misconception topic, the result of some sex, pregnancy. All the misconceptions of pregnancy. (laughs) And since we were just talking about periods. Yeah, this one I have heard my entire life, and everyone I've ever known at some point asked me this as a medical professional or going up and like as a teacher in school and it was that women on their periods cannot get pregnant and i hate i hate i hate that this is so prevalent that this is so ingrained in our society because it's fucking wrong (laughs) yes it is not true you okay brief anatomy lesson first off sperm is a living organism i mean not an organism it's a cell but anyway Mm -hmm. i digress sperm live for days like five days they can live inside of a woman's body if the conditions are right or inside of a person's body if the conditions are right sperm can live so a person might be on their period on the last day and a period is just the shedding of the lining of the uterus Mm -hmm. so it could be residual blood flow so the actual hormonal cycle could be over And the body could be priming for another egg drop, which typically happens approximately 14 days from the onset of the period. But not every person's body is the same, which is something we discussed in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Some folks' cycles are shorter than others. So if you're looking, if you're having sex with someone whose cycle is closer to 11 or 12 days, and they're at the end of their cycle... So we'll say 12 days, they start and you start counting. So they have, we'll say a five day cycle. So now they're on day five and, you know, they still have some residual blood flow and you think, okay, well, they're still bleeding. It's safe to have sex. You have sex. That sperm's still going to live for five days. So, you know, egg drop is kind of approximate. The sperm just has to be alive when it happens. So there is every possibility that a woman or a person could get pregnant if they are on their period when you have sex. It just Fair. is. <laughs> so we have to stop propagating that myth because it is just, it's not true. And then people are getting pregnant and being surprised by it. And, and young people in particular are getting pregnant and being surprised by it because they think that they're playing the system. Well, it's safe. We can have sex because she's pregnant or because she's, she's on a period. period. Yeah. And it's just not true. Yeah. It's just, it's a mess as, as these things quite often are. So you want to go ahead and get our next listener submitted one out of the way? Oh yeah. Um, these were some of my favorite, the various ways that you could prevent pregnancy, um, outside of having sex. During a period, uh, these were some of my favorite. I'm just going to run through that list if that's okay. Is that yeah, go start? ahead. I'm just yeah. run through that. Okay. So I'm just going to list them out here real fast. So peeing in a woman's vagina after sex acts as a spermicide. See, it I had not heard not. that one. I had, I had either. Heard, it just. I had go heard Coca Cola, like a Coca Cola douche immediately after I'd heard that one before. Well, somebody else uh, mentioned a Mountain Dew. Oh. 
drinking Mountain Dew after sex will stop you from getting pregnant, as well as pouring bleach on yourself. That is rather dangerous, I would think. Um, that douching, using a feminine douche uh, or a liberal wash after sex can wash out the sperm. None of those are accurate. No. Some of them are very dangerous. Yes. The best way to avoid getting pregnant is to wear a fucking condom. Okay, but let's talk about that. Not only, if, or I mean, do it in the butt. Condoms are great, but let's not let's not forget birth control or any of All those right. things. Well, I don't know. I'm. I don't. Because mm. condoms are not 100 effective. So if you have the condom neither, birth, neither is birth if control. You, if you if you have the condom birth control combo, you know. That is true. I just, mm, I don't know. I'm kind of a stick. I don't know. I have I have yeah. mixed feelings about birth control. Well, it, it it does cause serious problems in some women, which is unfortunate. I've known people who have had serious life altering problems had to have major surgery because they had an adverse reaction to prolonged use of birth control. Right. Um, like, it has its benefits. It does have it its does. benefits, but it's regulation and whatnot. <sighs> Some of its regulation, it's it's not. I don't know. Again, I just I have a lot of issues, and we could have an entire episode about that. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. So um, don't do those things. Definitely no. don't put bleach on your vagina. That's not. You're gonna no. wind up with chemical burns. Yes. It's just this, not. Yeah. It's not good. Don't do that. Of course not. Th- this one I especially liked because uh, it's it was amazing to me that a woman could be this naive about pregnancy and stuff. But this listener says that their girlfriend believes you couldn't get pregnant while breastfeeding. And they were the one that told them otherwise. It's like, wow. Well, that. So there is actually some truth to that. Hmm. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, so I have a nursing instructor somewhere who's going to be really upset with me because I don't recall the exact science behind it, but, um, yeah. So when you are breastfeeding and it's not, it's not 100%, it's like 50 or 60% effective. Um, it is not as easy to get pregnant and many women don't have a period while they are breastfeeding because their body mm-hmm. they they just don't ovulate while they're breastfeeding. Interesting. So it's possible to get pregnant while you breastfeed. Um it's not that it's not possible. It is possible. It's just not uh I guess for some people it's not as easy. But mm-hmm. I could see how that would be how that could definitely easily be a myth. So I love this one because it ties into our earlier discussion about me and how I used to, you know, pleasure myself that being in a hot tub after a guy climaxes can get you pregnant. It's like, yes. Okay. First of all, the the chemicals in the water of most commercial hot tubs, my personal hot tub was just a bath. It filled with water every time, but most ones you'll find in hotels and stuff like that. That's such chemical to water. It would kill sperm. Oh, 100%. And two, sperm is actually sperm is not a sentient thing. The sperm are, but the the semen isn't. It can't like swim itself and find the vagina. Right. They're not like little fishes, like little heat seeking Mm -hmm. missiles looking for a vagina. Um, And yeah, they're very, they're very sensitive to heat, which is Mm -hmm. an interesting fact. If anyone really wants to get into it, I, I love balls. Like I love the scrotum. I, it's, okay. um, no, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. So mother nature is just, oh God, we're just, we're beautiful, disgusting creatures. Um, the, the way, no. Okay. So like everyone jokes that when a man gets cold, like, you know, your balls tuck up into your body. Well, there's a reason for that because yes, you, your preservation saving, of your, the sperm, right. Your sperm has to stay like, it's, it's very particular about it's, it's temperature control. So okay. It can't be as warm as the internal temperature of the body that's too warm, which is why it has to hang outside of the body. Yeah. What do you think about going on to the next thing? And this is something that I'm sure men and women think about all the time. 
especially young men, and it's penis size because everyone wants to talk about it. And we had so many listeners, so many questions that are such common things. And one that I thought was great and that I'm sure you could have an opinion on from one of my listeners, some of the questions was that women would love him because he had a giant member. So go ahead. I mean, I mean, if, if you went into bed with someone and you saw a Pringles can, how would you feel like, oh, no? Or would you be like, yes? <laughs> so I think once upon a time, I would have been yeah. like, fuck yeah, like this is going to rock. And I've, yeah. I've been there. I've 100% been there. But uh, as I've gotten older and more experienced, no, I it's it's like 50, 50. Well, it's, it's like 60, 40, like 60% in size, 40% is experience and skill mm-hmm. because it's, you know, and if God, if you're good with your mouth and your hands, it could easily be like the other way, 40, 60, then it, it really doesn't matter what your dick looks like. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, that's another thing. You know, let's talk about that misconception is that women just want you know, penis and vagina sex. I'm like, I'm sorry, but the number of women that can get off that way is a lot smaller than most guys think. Well, and I think I even said it in the last episode, when it comes to to penis and vagina sex, as far as the in and out goes for many women, and and again, every body is different, Mm -hmm. but for many women, that is, is really just us letting you masturbate with our vaginas. Fair. I mean, it's it's not doing a whole lot unless you're hitting our G spot, which sometimes takes more s- positioning than some of yeah. us can manage. So let's talk about probably the biggest urban legend about penises and stuff is that is that black dudes just by default bigger. And I, know, yeah. I I've heard that my entire life, and Me too. I think that that's yeah, that's a hugely prevalent myth. And honestly, I have no idea how much truth is in that. I I know <laughs> this is really bad. I've I've I am very good friends with several black people. Imagine that, because <laughs> we're all humans. But there's something about guys, all right. And this is going to be some guys talk here. And guys don't kick me out of the club for knowing this. If you're friends with the guy long enough, you're going to see his dick. It's just the way it is. I think that's normal. Either I mean, by if accident or friends with a girl long enough, we're going to touch each other's boobs. I mean, that's... yeah. So. Almost all of my black friends, I've seen their penises, and uh, it's ranged from, okay, then it's not true, to, oh my god, it is true. <laughs> no, but hang on. Hang on, Seth. Yeah. But have yes. you seen them hard? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Because I've walked in on, I was roommates with a friend one time, and I walked in on him and his now wife doing some things, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was rather, rather interesting. So were you uh, ready to move on from penises? Uh, I think I, I need more information on that one. I'll be frank. Okay. What do you want to know? No, I mean, just in general, like I, oh. I would love. <laughs> you would love don't to have the. Me, don't send me pictures of your penises, but no, I would love to hear don't. like if anybody has, it, and I could probably Google it. I, I'm sure somebody has done a study, but if anyone has any actual evidence scientific evidence that there is any sort of connection between race and penis size i i don't know i think that that would be very interesting but i can't imagine like i don't know i don't know if it's true or not all right so relationships you ready oh god okay so relationships this one i think is very prevalent and i applaud this guy for saying this because he says that when he was younger he thought that having a girlfriend entitled him to sex I would never take it without being allowed to have it, but if I didn't get it, I would be pissed off. Now, thankfully, I moved on from that position. I look back at my younger days, and I go, what a moron you were. And I think a lot of younger men especially, and maybe some women, think that having a partner just means you get to have sex. Do you agree? Oh, I think that that, that's a hugely prevalent uh, misconception, and I think one that tends to lend itself to abuse in relationships. Mm. So and this ties into that a little bit in that someone said that they thought that being married would mean having more sex. And that's, again, a case-by-case thing. Some, some married couples have sex all the time up until they're old and gray. Some people, it does taper off. Some people just don't have sex in a married relationship. And I don't know if that's their choice or not, but whatever. But I think it, that there was a conception out there that being married just guaranteed you sex as well. 
right? See, I think the, I think the idea of of having more sex because you're married, mm-hmm. at least once upon a time, lent back more to the idea that you're, you know, you're sleeping in the same bed with somebody. You're coming home to somebody every day. You know, you're not living in two separate households. Um, <clears throat> you know, where you might have before. And nowadays, a lot of people cohabitate before they ever get married. So that's really a non-issue. Um, so I don't know how that would still be, you know, so prevalent that people would think that they're going to have more sex once they're married. All right. So here, here, here we are now. We're at the end. Ready for a little lightning round, random miscellaneous questions that we're going to go through? Are you ready? Go. Go. Wim- women do not bleed and pee all out of the same hole. Charlotte, like I think that that's weird. <laughs> so do, 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 I mean, do, do, do you think men think that? If you had men think that with you in the past, have they been surprised that it's all not one factory down there? Um, I've had women be surprised. Really? To find out. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I've had women be surprised to find out that the urethra and the vagina are not the same hole. And I've all had right. people be surprised that the urethra, vagina, and the anus are not the same hole. See, guys, it's all the same thing. Everything comes out the same the port so it's whatever it is too much sex makes the vagina loose i hate this one because the vagina is made to push a baby out and spring back to approximately the same size your dick is not going to do that so let's get out of the theory that loose women are sexually permissive like the reason that they have the floppy vagina in quotes is from all the sex no it's not shut the fuck up you're wrong agreed (laughs) The bigger the shoe, complete bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. No, it has nothing to do with it. There is nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Older folks don't have sex. I certainly hope that because I want to bone until I'm 90, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, Actually, here's here's a little fun kernel of information for you. So Mm -hmm. STDs are an issue in long-term care, um, i.e. nursing homes. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I actually reached out to my to all of my uh, friends of color on this one in that black guys do not like oral sex performed on a woman. They don't like doing it. And they yeah, all were really surprised me. Yeah. They were all like, uh, no, we love it. So I don't and I don't know if it's a stigma out there. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, that was yeah. the first time I'd ever heard that one. Yeah, I asked twelve different people of color and they all said, uh, no, that's bullshit. I'd never heard that one before, but hey, the listener submitted this, so it's what it is. So this is actually mine. This was my misconception. This is one I submitted is that I believe that all women would enjoy the same things because for the most part, a penis is a penis is a penis. Not necessarily blanket true, but it feels good to one. It's going to feel good to most. Now for women, what feels good to one may not feel good to them, may not feel good to anyone else. You, you guys are much more of a solo creatures in that way to find out what feels good for just you. And and that's in my experience anyway. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of that comes down to the woman to have figured out herself, I think. Yeah. So the next one we got is sexuality and sexual attraction are a constant. I've known people who, yes, I've known people in my life who at one point in their life would identify as gay, but now identify as heterosexual. And it wasn't a phase. They genuinely were attracted to the same sex for a long time, but then it shifted and they've decided, well, I kind of want to be with the opposite sex now. And the same with sexual attraction, you could be madly in love with someone and five years on the road, just not want to sleep with them anymore. You could still love them. Just like, I, I'm, I just don't feel the same sexual drive with you anymore. So thoughts on that? Um, so I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert on this subject because yes. I'm not, I am, on the bisexuality spectrum, but mm-hmm. I'm more heteroflexible than anything. So would you call yourself like 70-30 straight or more like 60-40? Um, I'd say more 70-30 straight. Well, no, That's I don't fair. know. I, I think I'd go 60-40. I think I'd go 60-40. Like, I prefer men, but like with the right woman, I would be absolutely happy. Like, I like well, the peen. Go. But, you know, it's it's not the some, most important some, thing. Some women have a great peen. Just saying. But that is absolutely true. Absolutely. Um, it, and honestly, for me, it doesn't it, – it's about the person. It's about the person, yeah. not what's in their pants. I mean, at the end of the day, I like boobs. So and, I mean, that's yeah. always a plus. But 
Um, our, no, our final one tonight that I really, really, I hate this. This is something that pisses me off is that you are gay or straight. Bisexuality is greedy and attention seeking. Fuck off with that. I've heard this a lot. So, yeah. I got told that when I was a teenager. Yeah. When I came was this, out. Was, was this your submission? That was my, that, yeah, that was mine. That was my submission. There we go. Mm-hmm. And it's so terrible because you could love a person, not necessarily genitalia. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Um, so my, my mother had a friend who was gay Mm -hmm. and when I came out to her and I said, I, mom, I like girls. Um, she said, no, you don't. You like boys. You've always liked boys. And I said, yeah, but there's this one girl that I really, really like. And we kissed and I liked it. And this was years before Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Clarkson, whatever her name is, Katy Perry, Katy Perry was a thing. They Um, kissed a girl. Kissed a girl. And, uh, and she said, apparently she liked it. She did. She liked it. And she said, no, um, you know, you're not bisexual. Um, you're gay or you're straight. Bisexual isn't a thing. And I said, but I like boys, but I like this girl. So I'm something. And she said, well, you're not gay because I have gaydar and you're not gay. So you need to get over it. Uh, <laughs> so I before went, we okay, get, cool. yeah. So before we put the final bow on this, do you want to go ahead and throw out the submissions for the next topic that we're covering? Thank you guys so much again for being so helpful yes. with oh all gosh, of thank these. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, well, thank you. What we're looking for next time on the next episode is breakup bad stories. Breakups. Not yes, just bad, bad breakups. breakups uh, yeah. Breakups. Um, Funny breakups. Funny disastrous breakups. We want to hear your breakup stories. If you could send those to us via our Instagram or our Twitter, they're both at in the sack pod. You can send it to our Facebook. Just search in the in the sack with Seth and Sarah on Facebook, or to our email, uh, Seth and Sarah Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or just you know smoke signals, whatever you want to do. Whatever, how, how, we get them, we'll say them. <laughs> but I think it's a pretty good place to wrap it up. But before we get out of here, as always, many, many, many thank yous to our wonderful producer, Franklin, as always. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you, Franklin. And to Bradley Arl for our amazing theme music that's going to sweep the nation one day. Thanks, Brad. (laughs) So please join us next time in the sack. With Seth and Sarah.